0: live from the Conversa Health booth, and I am joined right now by Jamie Edwards. Uh, Jamie, why don't you introduce yourself for everybody who's listening?
1: Sure. Jamie Edwards, the CEO of Cloudbreak Health, which is a unified telemedicine platform that's in 650 hospitals doing over 60,000 encounters a month.
0: Wow, Jamie. So tell me a little bit more about Cloudbreak. So unpack that for me. What does that all mean?
1: (laughs) Sure. The company actually started as a language services business. So he hit a button on the screen, and within... Thirty to sixty seconds. Get your interpreter resource at the push of a button. We currently cover sixty languages, um, doing you know in in video and two hundred and fifty in audio. But what we realized was that over time we had five thousand video endpoints in the field, and that hospitals were having problems collaborating with each other. And we saw our platform as a mechanism to do that. So we started adding other services like Telestroke, Telepsych. And after that, it just seemed natural to keep adding specialties and specialties and specialties. All right, so
0: you're building like a marketplace, more we're, or less.
1: We're building a healthcare marketplace cool. and making telemedicine frictionless.
0: So is it, fr- it friction-full right now? <laughs> yes.
1: So currently, so what's wrong? Currently as it sits today, if we go back for history, right, telemedicine 1.0 was pick up the phone, call your doc. Telemedicine 2.0 was let's add video, but the video that was added... The investments that were made, they were largely around WebRTC technologies, which okay. by default aren't interoperable. Right, you have to have the same software or the same browser on, you know, each each side of that discussion. So, for us, what we attempted to do was create an open standards video platform and make video interoperable. Okay. So on our platform, whether you're on Skype for Business, Polycom, Vidyo, um, or Cisco we can integrate that and make a call as easy as just handing a dial string over. And so what it's done is it's allowed hospitals who are on one platform to collaborate with hospitals who are on another and really democratize, if you will, the market because now we're breaking down silos. Okay,
0: so no longer do I need to just talk to the one person who has the other piece of software that can talk to mine. I can talk to anybody.
1: Correct. Okay. Correct. And so that Anyone allows who's on this whole marketplace video.
0: Okay. And so yeah. that allows this whole marketplace concept to really be something that you can build toward because it's like you can pull in resources from everywhere.
1: Right. And imagine a hospital who once was saying, "I need to have telemedicine and I'm going to do it as a consumer because I need to bring services into this hospital." Now say, well, I can offer it as well. So on our platform, someone can consume language services and consume telepsych from some of our leading partners, and on the other side, they can provide telestroke or provide teleGI and telenephrology. It's turned this telemedicine discussion into something that's a strategic imperative for hospitals, and it's allowed them to get. An ROI far above what they would get with another provider.
0: Okay, we'll talk. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I feel like, generally speaking, in the industry, we've been hearing a lot more about telemedicine. I feel like actually, it's like it's having its moment right now. <laughs> it's, everybody like is looking. Yeah. Everybody is looking for a telemedicine solution. We're looking at it as a way to reduce the cost of care, um, and I think even with rural hospitals, this is a way for them to stay in business more or less. Sure. So it's really becoming, you know, more of a critical issue in terms of accessibility of care. Talk to me about what you're seeing. I mean, from your vantage point, you know, in some of in terms. of of some of the trends moving forward. What's next, then, for telemedicine?
1: Yeah, well, for us, right, we started off as a healthcare disparities company, and the first disparity that we saw was limiting as proficient and deaf and hard-of-hearing patients. And then we discovered, you had mentioned rural telemedicine. Yeah. There are just as many medical deserts in some of our nation's largest cities today as there are in rural healthcare. People just seem to understand the rural use case better. Sure. It's about... Yes, I can can totally conceptualize that if I'm in a rural environment, I might not have access to a neurologist, right? So great, we'll bring that in over telemedicine. But even in Los Angeles, and an Mm -hmm. example of that is the partnership that we have with Avanti Hospitals and University of Southern California. So Avanti was a language services client, and what ended up happening was they said, we want to become an accredited stroke center, and we want to do that via telemedicine, and we want to be able to keep patients in our community so we don't have to transfer them out to a higher level of care, Because the studies have shown that if you're transferring patients out to a higher level of care, it's a much longer recovery time, they don't have their local support network, right? Mom can't come in and stop in at the hospital so easily because I'm 10 miles down the road as opposed to two miles down the road. And so in order to improve outcomes, I said we want to keep people in the community and within their support systems. So we were able to structure a deal between them and the University of Southern California Mm -hmm. so they could have tier one academic stroke consults, right? We're going to be seeing much more of that type of use of telemedicine going forward. We view it as the new stethoscope. Okay. Everyone, every doctor should be integrating telemedicine into their daily practice. It is a, it is a much tool. more efficient way to be able to handle certain parts of their care days. Right? That's Whether excellent. it's synchronous yeah. or asynchronous.
0: No, and it's, I mean, it is a tool, and I think I mean it's, it's opening things up for more collaborative kind of medicine, more collaborative care, which is going to lead to hopefully better care for the patient.
1: Well, that's exactly right. So one thing that we're looking at doing is structuring a care team around the patient, okay. and the hashtag for our company is humanized healthcare. Yep, yep. And everyone's talking about being patient-centric, so mm-hmm. we're on board with that training. But the way that we think we solve that problem is by making the technology obscenely easy to use for the provider. And most of the tools that we've given providers today-
0: Not easy. Not easy to use. <laughs> I think
1: electronic medical records are kind of case in point oh gosh, when right. it comes to that, mm-hmm. right? So yep. what we're trying to do, Say, let's restore a little bit of the joy of calling back to these physicians. Let's sure. make their lives easier, and let's make the tech fun for them to use. Why are we so afraid of fun in healthcare?
0: I love that, and I love the humanized healthcare tagline. And I think, you know, being a telehealth company, um, it's interesting because it's like you literally are, you know, humanizing by putting a face to that care on the other side of of the of the phone or whatever, right. whatever device it comes across. Right.
1: Right. And so now we can take this technology and use it to break down the four walls of the hospital mm-hmm. and extend what we're calling branded care networks sure. into the community. On our platform, they're all private label. So if one of our clients says, hey Jamie, we'd like to have a telemedicine initiative and get it started and we'd like to consume these services from you and provide these to the network, we create that platform in their look and feel, launch it into the marketplace, but it's all interoperable with the rest of the hospitals that are on the platform.
0: Yeah, and we know um, interoperability is one of the best buzzwords here at, yes, at HIMMs every seen year, it a lot. year after year. We I'm amazed keep... at the
1: number of interface companies that are here. right Oh, now.
0: there are a lot of interface companies. People here. clearly have
1: seen a need and need to address it.
0: Yes, right. <laughs> clearly. What? Speaking of HIMMs, what else are you seeing here at HIMMs?
1: It's been. I'm amazed at the breadth of the show.
0: Really? In what right? way?
1: Besides the fact that the uh, exhibit hall is like a mile long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we've definitely all gotten our steps in going to see all the companies. Seeing the proliferation of more interface companies that are mm-hmm. out there, because typically I've always thought there are three or four go-tos, but now you're seeing new modalities applied to interfacing, even artificial intelligence, and seeing some of that happen yeah, here. Yeah,
0: definitely. Seeing
1: more medical groups show up, say, saying we'd like to offer our services, uh, you know, via telemedicine using the technology. There's been a lot of process, a lot of workflow solutions. Yes, I've
0: seen a lot of workflow solutions, a lot of risk solutions yes. here as well.
1: Yes. And is there I, anything
0: that's that's been missing for you? You've, you've been coming to HIMS for a while. Yeah. Anything that you, that you're surprised that you haven't seen?
1: You know, not yet. Okay. I think the really exciting thing about healthcare is each year you come to HIMS, there's a new little crop or sub segment of companies that pop up, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know people were looking to address that need, and that's great. It's yes. great to see that you know there's riches in the niches, if you will, and people are really <laughs> starting to get involved with the specialization mm-hmm. of the tools that can be applied, but. I think it's really great to be able to get 40,000 people together who are focused on solving healthcare's biggest issues in one place. And it's one of my favorite things about the conference is being able to come back meet people who are doing really cool things in healthcare and, and see that progress.
0: So talk to me a little bit about some of the people that you've been, you know, talking with over the last couple days. What are, I mean, because I always feel like some of the best conversations happen, you know, in, in between the sessions yeah. and yeah. in the meeting, like in the in the networking events that happen afterwards. So what's everybody talking about? What have you been in conversations about? I'm interested to know from your vantage point.
1: Interoperability is a big deal. Okay. You know, we are definitely hearing from the market that the concept of what we're doing in telemedicine, so one of the things that we're in the process of developing right now mm-hmm. is an EMR normalization engine.
0: What is that? Right. <laughs> so it's
1: all telemedicine physicians who are working at multiple hospitals currently have to learn multiple EMRs. Right. So our goal as a company is to say, why is that? We should be able to show them one interface and have all everything happen on the back end from an integration standpoint. Okay. Right. So If I'm a physician and I'm a neurologist and I have hospital A, hospital B, hospital C, I learn one platform. I log into that platform, happens on the back end. I can document in those systems through this single interface, and it makes my life ten times easier because I don't have to learn McKesson, Epic, and Cerner if that happens to be who the hospitals are. Each one of those companies has great platforms. Sure. But what they haven't done well is play nicely with each other. Right. Right. And there was actually an interesting um, article that I actually just tweeted uh, that was around Epic coming up with a more open platform. right? And so for that instance, seeing Epic move in that direction, who typically one would thought of as being you know, somewhat right. siloed, has an amazing EMR product, but to see them move towards open is really great. That's excellent. That's some yeah. good
0: leadership from a very big company. And Jamie, yeah. real quick before we move off of that point, if anybody wants to find that article on Twitter, what's your handle so they can look you up?
1: At Jamie Edwards, J-A-M-E-Y Edwards. Okay, perfect. Uh, Thank you. Um,
0: The other thing I wanted to ask you real quick, you know, um, one of the things that's been surprising me, actually, at this conference is how people are not really talking about the the things that are happening in the political environment around us. Right, it's, been, right. it's been like we've been blissfully unaware here um, yeah. on the trade show floor right. um, in Orlando, and it's been surprising to me how people are really not talking about um, the potential of the ACA repeal. Have you been hearing anything about that? And you know what, What's the vibe you're getting?
1: Yeah, the, the the buzzword of the day is uncertainty.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. Uh, <laughs>
1: if, if there's one thing that we've seen, it's that the current regime is unpredictable, mm-hmm. or maybe predictably unpredictable there is the way to say it. <laughs> And so everyone's waiting with bated breath saying, okay, which way is the direction going? Is ACA going to be repealed? What we're hearing um, President Trump say, I was used to saying Mr. Trump and then President-elect Trump and now, you know, President Trump, is centered around that he's actually starting to move towards some of the ideas that are there. And maybe all of the ACA isn't so bad. And so I think certain ideas are going to stick.
0: Okay, what do you think going to stick?
1: Value-based purchasing, I think, is a great okay. example of that. You know, some of the innovations that have come with CMS have been great ideas and great leaps forward and great steps of progress. And I think value-based purchasing and moving away from the fee-for-service environment is a big part of that. When you take a look at value-based purchasing, that makes HIMSS all the more important because it's these technologies that are going to create value for patients and value for providers going forward. Right. They're analytics that are going to empower patients to take more control of their care. And that was actually a big theme that we've been hearing is, how do we empower the patient? Yeah. One of my big... You know, the things I believe in wholeheartedly is that we as a nation, we as a healthcare system, have almost done too good of a job of taking care of people and not demanding enough responsibility from the patient, right? We never want to take the human component out of it. And part of that is taking responsibility for ourselves in our own lives, and so how do you do that? Yeah,
0: I was just going to say.
1: Well, you know, I I think you spoke to ePatient Dave I did. I talked to him a few moments ago. And one of his things is, let's give them the information they need to be successful. Right. How many people in this room could raise their hand and say they have access to their own patient record? How many people are actually making use of the information that's on their Fitbit and integrating it and using it to change their human behaviors? Those are the types of things that I think are gonna be really powerful going forward. So value-based purchasing and then patient empowerment.
0: Patient empowerment. Well Jamie, I think um, we are close to, to close to our mark here, right? We've got about time for one more question okay, or so. Sure. So I'm curious to know, you know, you've been walking around, what kinds of things are you looking for from, from your perspective? I mean you're the CEO of a telehealth company. So yeah. what kinds of what kinds of things are you looking for and have your eye out for in terms of innovation on the health IT side?
1: I'm a little bit of an exponential technology freak. I love <laughs> researching and hearing about things like blockchain, um, artificial intelligence, 3D printing. Those types of technologies that are really game changers. Yeah. There are some technologies that are evolutionary. And as much as I am in the telemedicine business, I understand that telemedicine is an evolutionary technology. Sure. And it can change the game in a big way, but it is a simple, practical solution to what is a big problem. But when you take a look at something like artificial intelligence and, ap- and its applications, and IBM Watson is here and a yes. few other companies, right? Uh, you take a look at those technologies, and those are really, really exciting, and their potential is boundless. hmm I think a lot of people fear that boundless potential, and a lot of people are starting to embrace the boundless potential, but even those those leapfrogging technologies, those game-changing technologies have an evolutionary aspect, so artificial intelligence first application is going to be to help providers make better decisions by being able to analyze data on their behalf, but the provider should still be driving the show, and is still driving the show, so it's a melding of this human and technology aspect that I think we're going to be seeing more of going forward.
0: Is there, um, in terms of, we were talking with ePatient Dave earlier about yeah. about blockchain, and yes. we were, we got into a, this this ancillary discussion about paradigm shift, and you know what that really means in terms of like you know changing the mindset and you know, the expectations and the demands of, of what what the generation around that paradigm shift wants. Right. And so I'm wondering from your vantage point, you know, what kinds of what kinds of things are you seeing in the marketplace as far as shifting wants and needs from providers? I mean, what has all of this technology done? Has it made them better consumers? I mean, we hear a lot about the consumerization of healthcare. And, you know, there's a, obviously we're sitting in the middle of this giant church, so right. there's a lot of choice that can be made. So what are, you, what are you seeing in your clients and the hospital systems and the providers you work with? What kind of demands are they putting on telemedicine?
1: They want it to be simple, okay. and they really want to understand and the business models around it.
0: Well, talk oh, yeah. more about that.
1: Telemedicine has typically been looked at as if we're going to go through our strategic process, oh, we need to be doing it because other hospitals are doing it, and yes, it does seem like a better way to care for patients, but where's the ROI? And So the ROI initially started off as, care avoidance, as cost avoidance. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make sure this patient doesn't readmit to the hospital? Or I can do a telemedicine visit, and I, after discharge, I can do a post-discharge follow-up call with them via telemed. I can look at the wound, see if it's infected, right? right? and work towards early intervention in case something happens so that they don't have to come back to the facility. Mm-hmm. Or I can, if they were dispositioned to the skilled nursing facility, I can do that as well. Part of good follow-up is is driving that process. So people have asked us for those types of services. Sure. We have seen our hospitals want an integrated platform. So why are they have I won't mention names. Why do they have vendor A for patient portal, vendor B for Telepsych, Vendor C for Telestroke, and they're all on different technology platforms.
0: Is it possible for those to converge? Absolutely. I mean, we're sitting here with thousands of booths around us. Is that We've possible? Done it. <laughs>
1: We've done it. It's been done today, and we have it rolled out. We have it rolled out. Actually, the USC Avanti partnership is a great, great example, example of, of that. that, Okay. Right? because they're getting language services and they're getting Telestroke all on a single platform, and we are currently working with one of the largest Telepsych companies in the country um, to do the same thing for them.
0: Excellent. Well, we know the conver- convergence is what the future ahead for us, especially as far as exponential technologies and things go. And we look forward to seeing, um, Jamie, what you at Cloudbreak are going to be able to do to help you know, drive more innovation and more convergence in, ter- in terms of what what people are looking for in these solutions in telemedicine. It seems
1: to be the natural evolution of things, right?
0: Definitely. So thank you for joining us. Um, we are going to be talking now, I think, to Mandy Bishop in a second here from Aloha Health. Um, Amazing.
1: <laughs> yes. I haven't met Mandy in person yet. Uh, i to yeah, get to so do this for, today. So I'm so of you excited. For those you who are listening,
0: um, Jamie, uh, there's there's our large uh, Twitter community, all of our tweets um, <laughs> who are joining us, and so um, we are all um friends of the hashtag Pink Socks movement yes, as well. Yes. Um, so if you want to follow Jamie on Twitter, you're at Jamie, J A M E Y Edwards. Yep. Edwards. Um, and then we'll ha- be talking to Mandy in a moment here. But thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you Jamie, for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to hear about telehealth and the work that you're doing to humanize healthcare.
1: Well until him's 18.
0: Oh, until. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank
1: you. Um.